From Mountain Home to Raft River, we've got all the District 4 analysis you'll need to know. This is the Magic Valley PrepCast with Scott Burton. That's right. It's time for another edition of the Magic Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Breaking out and everything going on in District 4 in the state of Idaho. Brandon Bainey alongside Scott Burton. Scotty, what's up? Oh, not much, man. Just to try to make it through the day without uh, falling asleep. It's been a long one. Well, and just so you inside baseball here, we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. You got a long ways to go in the week still. I know. Uh, I, we usually record this on Wednesday, don't we? Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, my days are all goofed up. And, yeah. Uh, and as evidenced by our wardrobe choices. <laughs> yeah. So so for those of you that are watching the video on uh, the IdahoSports.com YouTube uh, page, or our uh, YouTube channel or Facebook page, you're going to see that we're wearing like very strikingly similar blue shirts here. It's a little unsettling. Yeah. Blue, kind of white stripes and everything else. And, you know, it's called dress like your hero day, Brandon. <laughs> very uh, synergistic. I would say you can't um, use those big words around me like that. Are you kidding yeah, it's a, it's a $10 word. So <laughs> that's a triple word score right there. We'll, we'll go back down to $1.99 for Scott. Uh, <laughs> okay. So um, let's talk about, and, and the audio version of this podcast, of course, uh, at idahosports.com or wherever you download your podcasts. So last week we kind of did the deep dive into the girls basketball teams in our area, who we thought would be uh, good coming into the season. And uh, earlier this morning, Scott, we got the very first uh, girls basketball coaches polls of the season. So uh, this will also give us an idea of what the coaches are thinking out of the gates. Um, in terms of Magic Valley teams, uh, two Magic Valley squads made the top five in class 4A. Burley currently tied for first with the defending champions from Blackfoot. Blackfoot's 6-0. Burley is 7-0. And then Mountain Home also got into the poll tied for fourth, and they're off to a 4-2 start. So uh, Burley we knew was going to be good coming in this year, but it's nice to see Mountain Home get a little respect out of the gate. Yeah, you know, I mean, both of those teams are teams that, uh, you know, we talked about are bringing some people back and some important people back, too. And and uh, they were the two representatives out of District 4 last year, Burley and Mountain Home. And when they return, you know, a pretty good nucleus or at least their best players, you know, they're going to they're going to get some love right away. And uh, the defending champs, obviously, and until they show otherwise, I mean, they're off to a hot start. So, you know, there, there's some good teams, you know, and. and Mountain Home and Preston um, tied for that last spot, you know, and people are looking at uh, Middleton going, all right, well, three, three and three, what's going on with that? Well, uh, you know, look at who they played and, uh, you know, and Middleton is always tough. I, I don't know. I like this. There is some good girl. There are some good girls basketball teams listed there. Yeah, I think early on in the season, uh, there's a lot of uh, respect votes, right? Teams that have been good in the past kind of get the benefit of the doubt in the early going. And I think that's what happened with Middleton. So you're right. A lot of good basketball teams on the girls side in four a, the next time we see a magic Valley team crack the polls isn't until the one, a D one classification. And that's where Murtaugh and raft river both tied for fourth. Actually, it's a three-way tie for fourth in the coaches poll. Grace Murtaugh and raft river Murtaugh five and one. Raft River 4-0. and How about that start by the Trojans? Yeah, not a bad start at all. I mean, you know, Butte County is off to a lightning fast start. 
uh, 6-0 and already, but uh, it's nice to have a, well, here we go with Murtaugh Raft River, you know, conference people just, uh, you know, hanging out at the bottom of the pool and kind of see what the, see what they do. But they're off to great starts. And we talked a little bit about, you know, Murtaugh last, uh, last week when we did the girls preview. You know, and Coach Jensen over there in Murtaugh and, you know, been around a while and got some experience coming back. So, I mean, it's nice to see them crack in right away and, and off to a good start. And then the 182 poll, Richfield finds themselves fourth in the first poll. Seven and two are the Tigers. I feel like they're halfway done with the schedule already. You know, we talked about Richfield, too. We talked about Richfield's ability to play defense. You know, that was one of the, the talking points that we had about the Tigers last week. And, you know, quick start. Can't complain with a seven and two beginning. Hard to imagine it's nine games. <laughs> they play. Seems like we're just getting started. That's halfway through the regular season. Can, can we talk about that for a second, Scott? Because you're you are an athletic director. For those that may not know, uh, Scott, in addition to being a broadcaster at IdahoSports.com, you're also the athletic director at Jerome. Where, where I where I grew up in in Montana and other states I've been in in Nebraska and Wyoming. The boys and girls basketball seasons are run concurrently. They both start on the same date. They both end basically on the same date. And a lot of times the schools will play doubleheaders, boys and girls varsity doubleheaders to alleviate travel, but also because parents may have children in high school of both genders that are both playing basketball. And it's hard to split up families like that when they're uh on the road, traveling, whatever. So my question is, is in Idaho, I really I really don't like how girls basketball starts two weeks ahead of boys basketball, especially because state football is going on. I feel like girls spot uh, girls basketball doesn't get the full spotlight. It deserves because it's overshadowed by the football championships. Yeah. You know, I can, I can see that, you know, and I, I would be interested to know from a, an official scheduling standpoint, if that gives them any leeway at the beginning of the season, at the end of the season, you know, as far as those things go, but uh, to your point, you know, yeah, you can make that argument. I mean, the girls' basketball season, the first part of it gets swallowed up um, pretty quickly uh, by state football. And then, you know, by the time they finish, you know, they everybody's into boys' basketball at that point. So, I mean, it's, you know, and I've been here a long time in southern Idaho, basically my whole life. So that's, what, 33 years? <laughs> I'm going to, I just, I'm a good host. I'm just going to let you, I'm going to let that float out there. Okay. And, uh, you know, it's always been, uh, it's always been like this where it's been boys season, girls season, you know, the girls all play together, the boys play together, but uh, the only time that we've ever really done that boys varsity, girls varsity are on special occasions and special nights. So, you know, that's something that, that, that as far as I know, Idaho's never really done on a consistent basis. Hmm. I just, it's interesting. And, and the, the answer I've heard from people is, well, volleyball gets done so early. So the girls mm -hmm. are kind of just sitting around anyways. Well, in Montana, the, the volleyball championships are the, you know, later in the season, they don't, they don't conclude until it's closer to the end of football season. So I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, I'm still getting used to it, Scott, here in my second full year of Idaho high school sports. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of differences that you've seen uh, from where you're coming from. Uh, that just being one of them. Yeah, for sure. So uh, girls basketball off and running. Some teams like a third of the way through their schedule already. Some teams 
have just one or two games under their belts that'll all even out in January. Uh, let's let's switch over to our boys basketball previews. It was kind of the opening week last week, and so we finally had some boys basketball games. We've got all of our boys basketball previews up on our website, idahosports.com. Even though most everybody has tipped off, it's a good refresher of, of players to keep an eye on as we really uh, dive into uh, the, the heart of the schedule here. So uh, let's start in the Gray Basin Conference, the 4A level. Uh, coming in, the preseason coaches poll, Jerome Tigers picked first, and for good reason. They were a really outstanding team a year ago and bring back some really talented playmakers. I think they only lose one senior, Alfredo Ortiz. That That's correct. I mean, they, they lost a, a pretty good athlete and a really good defender. I mean, he was the guy that would just lock down the best player, you know, but they're bringing back everybody else. You know, they're bringing back their point guard, they're bringing back the post, they're bringing back the shooting guard, they're bringing back their other wing. You know, four of their five starters are coming back, and uh, and that's huge. And they were all scorers. You know, uh, Ortiz wasn't a scorer. He just did all the other intangibles. You know, so this is going to be a really good uh, Jerome basketball team. You know, they're off to a one-and-one one start. You know, they, uh, they beat Buell to open their season, you know, beat them by 20. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about Buell here in a little bit, but then they lost the other night, uh, in a nail biter to Bishop Kelly, uh, 59, 55. And, uh, you know, and I was obviously at that game and it was just two, four, a heavyweights slugging it out, you know, and Bishop Kelly is one of those teams. I mean, they're ranked number one right now. Uh, and, and rightfully so. I mean, people were talking Bishop Kelly and Middleton are going to be the top two teams at least initially in this 4A classification, and that's kind of where they're finding themselves in the polls. But this Bishop Kelly team is legit. You know, they uh, lost Max Rice, who transferred out, you know, Leon Rice's son, but they still bring back just size. I mean, Hawthorne comes back, and that guy is a beast. You know, they've got uh, kids that can just shoot the rock. I mean, they've got it inside out. They play hard defensively. Um and uh, they had a chance to put Jerome away. They got up by 20 in the second half, and Jerome said, you know what, let's let's start playing ball here. And they cut it all the way back and, and actually had a chance towards the end to have a possession to tie it up, but uh, they couldn't pull a rebound, and, and it cost them. So watch out for Jerome, but watch out for Bishop Kelly too. Man, they're good. Yeah, BK is a team to keep an eye on for sure. They they took third place at state a year ago, and it's yeah. people people forget that. I think it kind of got overshadowed by some of the other stuff going on. So Jerome bring back, brings back the four starters: um, Mikey Lloyd, who's a great inside outside player. He can go inside and bang down low if you need him to, but he's a great three point shooter. Uh, Scott Cook uh, handles the ball. He's a great. Uh, ball handler distributor gavin caps is the center inside and skylar mauer is also a, a kind of a, a hybrid wing player he can play inside outside and the thing is is that all these guys have been starting since they were young right i think cook started as a freshman lloyd mm-hmm. uh, started as a sophomore mauer was a sophomore last year he started all these guys have tons of varsity experience as well well and that's the thing that's that's what these guys are bringing back is is experience you know, and the, the experience that they were missing was what they got last year because they they were they played at the state tournament. You know, and that's a whole different ball game. You know, I mean, you talk about these teams that are bringing everybody back, bringing everybody back. Okay, so what is their experience at the state tournament? Because that makes a difference. And uh, and for these kids coming back for Jerome, they they do they have got some state 
tournament experience, which is which is great. Um, and so this is going to be a really good conference in the boys, this Great Basin, because you know you've got a, a, a couple of teams there that could really make make some noise and and get better as they go. And again, injuries will derail any of these, but but it's it's a tough tough conference. Yeah, I think there's kind of a, a separation. I think there's a clear top two. I think Jerome and Minico are are the two early favorites. So, it, and and then there's a bit of a gap. And then you know three through seven, throw a dart at the board. I really do think it could be th- anyway, kind of like a football. We weren't sure how it was going to shake out. So, Minico uh, also looks good. I know Brevin Trankel uh, had a hand injury in football. May it impact his abilities on the basketball court and early going but they've, they've got other players they can can lean on as well um like clayton wilson uh trey fletcher was a guy that played inside last year so and they've got a great coach in brady Trankel also uh, they do minico's going to be the team that's going to ugly it up on you you know they're they're, they're not going to let you get comfortable or settle into a rhythm they're just going to they're just going to make it ugly slow it down and, and make it ugly. But the problem with Minico is they lose, if, if they ever lose Brevin Trinkle, they have lost a, a significant amount of their points. Cause I think he had, you know, 20 some of their 40 some the other night. And that's just the way Minico is going to be. They are going to, to rebound, play slow, get in your face, ugly, physical. But the thing that makes that work is they've got Brevin that can score, you know, and so hopefully his injuries, and I know he's been battling some, um, are able to work themselves out and he's able to play, you know. But if they lose him, man, Minico is is, is going to be in trouble. And it's mainly just because they won't be able to score, score the basketball. It's been their problem for the last couple of seasons now. They defend really well, um, but when they need a basket late, they just it seems like they haven't been able to get that that crucial bucket that they've needed down the stretch, whether it's in the playoffs, districts, whatever. Um, so, But I do think Minico looks very solid early on. And then I think there's a bit of a gap between Jerome and Minico and the rest of the league. Burley was picked to finish third in the preseason coaches poll. You know, they were a young team last year that kind of took their lumps. They've got a second-year head coach in, in Max Stannard. Uh, what do you think about Burley? You know, Burley's interesting because, you know, you look at they've got a couple of kids coming back, you know, Paige, one of them, um, and they're off to an 0-2 start. But they played two really good teams to open the season, uh, Preston and Pocatello. You know, and Preston was a close game. And Pocatello is was a was a blowout, twenty three point blowout. Um, but you know they they're, they're going to hit. Uh, it's like Burley's playing the Eastern side first, and there is great basketball over there. I mean, we've talked about this in the past, where you know you separate the state by regions, and it just seems like the eastern part of the state, especially in four A. They have got quality basketball teams going on over there um, year in and year out. And Burley starting their season first three games out of the East, you know, so they're going to they're going to they're going to have a couple of fights right away out of the gate. Preston, Pocatello and Centuries next, you know, so Burley's going to be OK. Yeah, uh, Mountain Home. Picked fourth in the preseason coaches poll. Might have the best like overall player in, in the conference, uh, Brandon Bethel. He's like he's one of these guys that uh, because he's basically started since day one as a freshman. I feel like he's one of these guys like JJ Redick at Duke. I'm like, dude, Brandon Bethel's been there for like seven years. Can we go back and check the <laughs> records? <laughs> oh yeah, no kidding. And uh, I mean, you want 
we'll talk about Canyon Ridge here in a minute about guys going to be there for a bit. But uh, yeah, Bethel is, I mean, he's, he's a fun kid to watch, you know, I mean, he can handle the ball. He can shoot the ball. He's quick. He, he understands the game. I mean, obviously he's got the pedigree, you know, um, but man, this kid is, is capable of carrying a team on his own. If he gets just a little bit of help, uh, this is a guy that can really make a huge difference. And Mountain Home, um, you know, they're one and one coming in. They, uh, you know, lost to Highland and uh, beat Kimberly. You know, they have Twin Falls. Now, that'll be a good game. Twin Falls and Mountain Home. That's going to be at Mountain Home on Thursday. And uh, and that, that'll that be interesting because now, it's, now what you're going to see is, are those teams that you just got done talking about, the Mountain Homes, the Burleys, the Twins, how are they going to match up against each other? And I think we're going to get the first look of that uh, this Thursday with Mountain Home and Twin. But Bethel, that kid's a player. Yeah, and of course, his father, uh, Brian Bethel, the the head coach at Mountain Home. I do, I do think if anyone's going to unseat Minico for that second position, like Mountain Home has the potential just because of what Brandon Bethel can bring. It reminds me of Wood River had a guy a couple years ago, Johnny Radford, who like single-handedly could like – you know, swing a game either direction. And mm-hmm. it's kind of a similar thing at Mountain Home, I feel like. No, I think that's a really good comparison, too, because Radford was just one of those guys that didn't have a supporting cast. I mean, he really didn't, but he was so good that he was able to get into the paint. If you can get into the paint and make your guys, you know, the other team come off defensively, you're going to have open guys. And you guys, guys like Radford and Bethel that are going to find those guys. Because a lot of times what you get with these the single star players on these teams is that, man, they're just great shooters. They're great shooters. Well, how does that get everybody else involved? That's, that's not it. You know, so those fantastic players that we continue to talk about year in and year out, they're getting everybody involved. That's what Radford did so well up at Wood River. I mean, not, he could drop 30 on you, but he's going to have a guy that would never score 10 in a game, score 15. And it was all because of what he did. Well, Bethel is kind of that same player. You know, he's able to to put the ball on the floor and get to the rim and then hand it off to a teammate because everybody else had to come over and help. And that's what the great players do. And then they just don't shoot the ball or dunk the ball. They get everybody else around them better. And, yeah. and you have a couple of players like that uh, in this conference. Mountain Home has had a lot of size over the past couple of seasons, like like six eight, six nine, six ten, and they just haven't mm-hmm. been able to utilize it. So, you know, that'll be another key again this year for Mountain Home. Twin Falls picked fifth. Canyon Ridge picked sixth. The the two schools in Twin Falls. Um, it's interesting. Twin Falls had a very senior heavy roster last year, and they're having to kind of rebuild. Uh, they've got one player returning. It was a starter, Zach Ball, at center. And Canyon Ridge kind of took their lumps last year. By the end of the year, they were, they were playing quite a few freshmen and sophomores. And what do you think of the Twin Falls schools? Well, you know, Twin's going to have to – Twin's Twin. You know, I mean, they're always going to be good eventually because they do they do things well over there. They, they D you up. Um, they're patient on offense. They, they're just a very well-disciplined program over there. Now they've lost Matt Haar and they're moving on. Um, to his retirement, but Twin is still going to have that that reputation of, of playing good defense, not turning the ball over. You know, they do those things very, very well. So give them a little bit of time, and I think they're going to to really start to make some noise midseason. Now, Canyon Ridge is a team that I think people could easily overlook. 
you know, they've, they've got some players and they've got some size, you know, you look up and down that Canyon Ridge roster, uh, you know, Funk is a big kid and La Pumba, uh, that kid, what dropped 34 and 16 on somebody the other night or 32 and 16, whatever it was, mm -hmm. you know, double, double. But, um, you know, that's a kid, uh, that came in as a refugee over at Canyon Ridge and has just found a home and found a stride and, you know, and, um, he's now been granted a fifth year of athletic eligibility. So this is supposed to be a senior year. Next year will be a senior year. He'll play five years of high school sports. And down here, it is kind of making uh, a little people scratch their head, you know, uh, because that doesn't happen very often. Uh, he applied for a hardship, you know, to the IHSAA and was granted it. And now all of a sudden people are going to go, well, this kid should have graduated. No, no, guess not. He's going to play another year, you know. So, yeah, Canyon Ridge is uh, circling themselves right now with some stuff. <laughs> uh, this being one of them. But don't take that away from the fact that this kid is is a, is a player. You know, all that aside, this is a guy you've got to watch out for, you know, because, I mean, he is big. He's tall. I mean, he's you can't coach that stuff. And he's just agile. He's fun to watch. Jerome, Jerome plays Canyon Ridge tonight. Uh, on this Tuesday that we're filming. And so as soon as we're done here, I'm headed over that, that direction. That's going to be a fantastic game. And again, uh, yeah, what we're talking about might be a little out of date by the time you're listening to it. Just go to idahosports.com. We've got all the scores, all the updated standings, everything you need yeah. to know. Just check in each and every day on idahosports.com. Wood River was picked seventh. Uh, they've got a young coach, Eli Stein, uh, getting ready for his second season. I really think it's his first because they were kind of impacted by COVID-19 a lot last year. They're always Wood River is always a tough team to peg because – even though they they start, you know, freshmen and sophomores, there's no guarantee those kids are going to be back on the team as families move in and out of, of Haley a lot, it seems like. Yeah, you know, there are certain places that are really tough to coach um, for various reasons. And uh, we found out that uh, through this COVID stuff, Wood River was one of those, you know, because a lot of times, you know, when you take those games away from kids, you're rebuilding programs after that. And Wood River has kind of caught themselves in that situation. Um, they still have their mask mandates up there, you know, and so you go to a gym in Wood River, you got to wear a mask. You know, you are entering that building as a player, you're wearing a mask. The only person that I don't think they're making wear masks up there during basketball games is the head coach while he's actively coaching. Other than that, you're masked up and you're not bringing food in there. Um, I mean, you, you go down the road a ways, it is a completely different animal. And so Wood River becomes one of those interesting places because they are the ski town, the mountain biking town, you know, uh, the soccer town, you know, the tennis town, you know, they excel at those things. And basketball has always been one of those tough things to coach in Wood River because, you know, a lot of those kids during the winter, they, they want to go skiing and snowboarding. You know, that's their culture up there. And so you get this revolving door of coaches sometimes. You get this revolving door of athletes sometimes, you know, up in Wood River. So, um, yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what they can bring to the table this year. Yeah, it'll be uh, interesting. It's uh, almost like a home court advantage. Not not quite, but, you know, if they're used to it and other teams aren't, could tilt the scales in their favor a little bit. We'll keep oh, an eye yeah. on it. I'll tell you what, from coaching for almost 30 years in basketball, 
you know, one of the worst places I hated to go was Wood River to play. It was just different. We never, we seldom had our best games there. It was just different. And so, yeah, Wood River's got a little advantage up in the north there because people show up and I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, but I hated going there Hmm. Um, just because we always had them on their schedule, you know, always had to play them. But, you know, it was one of those times we always said to ourselves, let's just get out of here with a win. We don't care how it looks. We don't care what happens. Let's just get out of here with a win. And that's how we felt every time we went there. Yeah, it is. It's a, it's a unique uh, situation for sure. Uh, if we move to the 3A, the, the uh, SCIC preseason coaches poll had Kimberly 1, Filer 2, Buell 3, Gooding 4. Honestly, I, I don't know how to peg this. It could be Gooding 1 instead of 4. It could be Gooding 2. I mean, it could be really any combination of the four teams. I think they're all pretty equally matched. This is a conference here from top to bottom is going to be fun to watch, you know, because they just don't have a whole lot of sleepers in this one. And you you could flip a coin to see who it's going to be, you know. Uh, right now, Kimberly is, you know, off to the two and one start. They lost uh, their only loss coming to Mountain Home, uh, a three point loss. Uh, but they have beaten Sugar and they have beaten Wood River, you know, and I, I don't sleep on Buell, you know. Uh, Buell, even though they lost their opener, you know, to Jerome by 20, uh, that's a team that's got some players, you know, they've got some size. They've got a kid that can really shoot the basketball. And, uh, you know, they started with two losses in their season, uh, went out, you know, lost to snake river. Who's a powerhouse in that three, a, uh, by one, you know, so I would not sleep on Buell at all. And, uh, as far as, like uh, Filer is concerned and Gooding, throw them right in the mix too because you know Filer has got some kids that can that can play as well, and uh, they're off to a two and one start. You know, with their only loss coming to Snake River, um, but they beat Cole Valley and uh, they beat Four A Wood River. So I, I I don't know that conference: Kimberly, Gooding, Filer, Buell. Roll the dice. And every team has studs on it. I mean, you look at Kimberly, Gatlin Bear was the conference co-player of the year as a freshman last year. He's only a sophomore. Uh, they've got Jackson Bear back. Gooding's got Curtis Adkinson and, and Cooper Pavkov. Filer's got uh, Tegan Twos and uh, Joseph Bertow. And, and Buell, I think, has the biggest X factor. They've got a kid that transferred in from Utah. He'd been at Green Canyon High School in Logan the last two years. His name is Cade DeBoard. He's a good player with some size and some ability. Yeah, I watched him play that opener. Uh, and, you know, Jerome nosed, uh, nosed a chest on the defense. If he went to the bathroom, we had a kid going with him. You know, and it was basically one of those things that, uh, yeah, I want to know what kind of gummies chewing by the by the end of the game. I mean, it just there were no help, no cover defense. And but this kid could create, you know, he would spin and move and hit fadeaways. I mean, he was a natural scorer and uh, he was the guy that was you just couldn't sleep on at all. You give him an inch and he's burying a three. This kid is an offensive player and you're going to hear his name this season quite a bit. You know, and Buell and head coach Dan Wynn. Dan Wynn's a good friend of mine, and and uh, he's going to know what to do with this kid. He's a heck of a good basketball coach, but now he's got a kid that he can just go to. And we talked about it earlier. When you need that bucket, who do you go to? Well, Buell has somebody that they can go to, and, and it's making everybody else better around them. 
Yeah, good coaches up and down the league as well, right? You mentioned Coach Wynn at Buell, uh, Rob Anderson at Filer, uh, Coach Gary at Kimberly, and a new coach at Gooding this year, Tanner Bauman. So, yeah, you do. I mean, not only have they got great players, they got uh, some good coaches in that conference as well. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch that league as the season goes on. The two-way uh, conference, the Canyon Conference, last year Valley just had a great season, right? 19-4, and 4-0 in the conference, but they lost the game they needed to win against Wendell in the district title game. Wendell gets to state, and not only does Wendell get to state, but they get a win at state, and they play Ambrose in, in the 2A semifinals. So uh, Wendell has a lot of good players coming back. They were they really struggled to score the ball at times last year, but they were so good defensively. And for Valley, they're feeling like, okay, we didn't finish last year. We need to finish stronger this season. Yeah, you know, we talk about those where a team just cruises through uh, a season and then just stumbles down the stretch. And uh, that can take you one of two ways. I mean, that could just totally crush your spirits or can fire you up a little bit saying, we are not going to let this happen again. You know, and for Valley, I, you know, I think they're going to learn from that and they're going to come back strong. I mean, Valley got some players, uh, Kyle Christensen and Omar Campos are going to lead the way for Valley. And uh, I, I see Valley having a, a pretty good season. I mean, 19 and four last year, and they're just going to build from that and learn their lessons and, and try to get to state and make some noise. Now, Wendell was that team that just got hot you know, at the, at the right time, you know, um, only two and two in the conference, 17 and nine overall last year. Um, but they played their best basketball in the most important games. And, and that's what good teams do. And that's what Wendell does. And, you know, Coach Kelsey over there, I mean, we talk about a basketball family, you know, they understand those situations, and, you know, and I think that's a big part of, of Wendell's success is you've got a family over there in the Kelsey name that just understands basketball. And that transcends to the kids and the way that they approach and understand the game. Yeah. Uh, so I was broadcasting the 2A state tournament last year for IdahoSports.com. So I got to talk to Coach Kelsey from Wendell quite a bit leading into it. And, you know, I asked him, I said, well, what do you guys do well? And he goes, I, I don't know. We're just kind of solid at everything. There's not really one. We just show up and play. And, you know, he was so excited uh, last year because he, he felt that Wendell is a school that, uh, people kind of look down upon sometimes and that, ah, well, you're never good in anything. And, you know, you don't have the best, you know, players and facilities and et cetera. And he said for them to get to state was like a, a big deal for that program. And, and really the school and the community as well. It, yeah. He said it, he really thought it could be a game changer. Yeah. And I think so. And, uh, you know, we saw their football team have some success this year in a program that isn't normally having any success. So that tends to build tighter communities. And now with this basketball team coming back and they're, you know, two returning starters coming back in Torres and Kelsey, you know, they've got some state experience now. They've got big game experience. And that's going to pay dividends for Wendell down the road. Declo, we'll see how they do. They took third last year. Jacoby Fox is a good good coach for uh, for Declo, but t tough sledding with Valley and Wendell, I think a, a step ahead of the Hornets, but yeah, no, I think so too. I mean, Declo's going to have uh, Caden Ramsey. That's going to, you know, really have to carry the load for them, but you know, you're right. It's, there's going to be some separation in that conference for sure. One AD one uh, classification. This was a tough one to peg again. Um, 
in the preseason coaches poll, Oakley was picked first, but I can tell you by looking at the ballots, uh, it was kind of all over the place. Um, Oakley won, Raft River two. That's how it was in football this year. Do you think it's going to happen in boys basketball? I don't know why it wouldn't. I mean, it's the same athletes, you know. Are they just going to be a little bit better at football than basketball this year? I mean, it, you, you look at a team like Oakley, it's, uh, you know, Cody Beck in his first season at the helm there is, uh, you know, he's got some players to work with. I mean, he's got Peyton Beck, uh, senior, Porter Pickett, and Isaac Cranny coming back. And, uh, you know, it's not like the cupboard's bare for Oakley, but there's enough there that where people think that Oakley is going to be that team to beat. Yeah, Cody Beck was the JV coach at Oakley for, for 10 years. So he, he knows the program and he, he knows right. knows what to do there. Raft River uh, gets the nod. Seth Tracy is going to be their main guy. He He's a good uh, post player. They they did lose, um, you know, a, a somewhat significant senior class. Ryan Spath was was kind of their go to guy last year, but yeah. um, for for Raft River, I think the reputation uh, got them the number two spot in the poll. I'll tell you a team that I'm really high on, and I don't. I guess I don't want to jump ahead here, but Lighthouse Christian was picked third. I think Lighthouse could be good. Clay Silva, Jack DeYoung, they kind of have a good proud basketball tradition. Um, I like Murtaugh. I think Murtaugh is going to be a sneaky boys basketball team. They were they were picked to a tie for fourth with Glens Ferry in the preseason coaches poll. But Junior Benitez, he's a stud. Doesn't matter what sport it is, what ball he's picking up. Junior Benitez is just a dude, and I really like the pairing of him and Freddie Martinez at Murtaugh. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, Junior's one of those kids that is is just an athlete. You know, you. Like you said, you could give him a checkerboard and somehow he's going to out-athlete you on the checkerboard. I mean, that's just the kind of kid that you've got there. And uh, and But the pairing is is the most interesting thing because, you know, you don't want kids to be carrying it all by themselves. You, you want a little help. And I think, you know, uh, Freddie Martinez is going to be that guy that's going to be uh, the, the, the Robin to the Batman, if you will. And, uh, you know, those two have with some chemistry on the basketball floor could get something together. You know, that could be a, a, a like you said, a sneaky Murtaugh team. It was so weird last year. Murtaugh went 11 and 14 overall, but just three and seven in the conference. Shoshone was four and 17 overall, but four of the, all four of those wins came in the league, four and six. They actually finished ahead of Murtaugh, even though Murtaugh had a, a significantly better overall record. It's kind mm-hmm. of one of those weird quirks. Yeah, it is. And it's all, you know, the game's all about matchups anyway. You know, some teams just match up well against others and, and, uh, are built to beat you, you know? So yeah. So Sean had the, the number of some of the teams in their conference this year, but you know, they've got their work to do this year for sure. Yep. I think so. Uh, 1AD2. This, this is the other conference that I think is going to be just so fun to watch night in, night out, because again, I got all of these preseason coaches polls, uh, from the coaches, and it was tight across the board. Camas County was the, the preseason favorite. They get the number one spot in the poll. They were one point ahead of Carey, who got the second spot in the poll. And Carey was one point ahead of Dietrich, who got the third spot in the poll. And really, from what you know, from what I'm gathering, really one through seven, it's it, it could be anybody's game any night. Hagerman is kind of rebuilding with a new coach in Micah Pope. But mm-hmm. but the other the other seven teams all could beat up on each other all year long. Oh, I I, I see this conference uh, as one of those that we talk about. Okay, let's take a look at the preseason rankings. Let's see where they finish and see if they're anywhere close. Because 
I mean, you take all these teams and put them in a hat and you start drawing them out. You know, I don't know if anybody would argue with the way, the way they came out for the most part. Uh, but yeah, you know, you talk about the Camas counties, the carries and the Dietrichs, um, and, you know, even Castleford's bringing back, you know, some pretty good players and Ethan Rowland and Eric Taylor. And we talked about Eric Taylor a lot during football, you know, so they've got athletes there. I mean, you look up and down this, um, and you know, Richfield with Luke Dalton and, and Clay Kent and man, where, where do you, where do you stop? I mean, I think the only thing that people are agreeing on is you got a couple of teams in there that are rebuilding a little bit you know, Hagerman being one of them, um, but they got a good guy to do the job. You know, Micah was uh, my athletic assistant here last year. Uh, he worked in my office and um, I'm just a super dude and, uh, you know, super passionate. Again, Pope name in basketball is a pretty significant name as well. So he's going to, he's going to get Hagerman going in the right direction. But, you know, like you said, man, this conference, wow, this could be a lot of fun. Camas County's got some guys, Dawson Kramer, Tristan Smith, and Brecken Clark, who this uh, this week or, or last week uh, crossed the 1,000-point barrier in his career, which is, you know, not every guy does that. So Brecken Clark at uh, Camas County is going to be a guy to keep an eye on. Kerry, you know, it's a lot of the guys we heard in football season, Connor Simpson, Carson yep. Perks. Here's kind of an underreported story. Carson Perks went to Richfield last year. He was, he was at Richfield the first two years of his high school career. He was the conference MVP last year at Richfield. Well, now he's playing for Cary, And not only did he quarterback them to the state championship game of football, but you know, he's trying to repeat as, as the conference's best player, although it's at a rival school now in Cary. Yeah. Just right down the road, Richfield and Cary. If you're not familiar with the area, they're not too far apart, you know, not quite tobacco road, but it's, it's close enough because both those schools are out in the middle of nowhere and uh and they're small towns and you know it makes you wonder kind of what that's going to do for a team like richfield it's like hey you know is that going to be a little bit of locker room fodder to get them going or or what's going to happen or is carson parks just going to say you know what i'm stud (laughs) 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 and i'm going to have my way because that kid is a stud yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Connor Simpson is uh, is another guy who's going to really take a step forward for Kerry. Dietrich, you know, again, like most of these schools at the smallest level, they all played football. Uh, Jet Shaw, Cody Power, uh, Coach uh, Estelle is uh, really, really good. Or excuse me, Coach Wayne Dill at uh, Dietrich. He's been coaching a long time. He's one of the best around, so you can never count out Dietrich. Um, Dietrich got hot at the right time last year right they they got all the way to the uh, championship game where they fell to that juggernaut garden valley but um they're just a team that always seems to play well when it counts well and again dietrich is just one of those gamer towns you know you, you talk about dietrich and i think we had this conversation with girls basketball is that it's it's dietrich you know and that's all you need to say dietrich just knows how to win yeah they're gonna have their their off years here and there but Man, when you talk about Dietrich Blue Devil Athletics, they just know how to win. They're they're just good. And then the last team, the team that's going to be a real wild card is going to be the Cutthroats from Sun Valley Community School. Uh, Clay Warner is their coach. Yeah, he was their coach last year, although if you look at the standings last year, you're going to see that they only played three games. They went one and two. They didn't get to play at all during the regular season. They only played at the district tournament, got a win, went one and two. Um, so they're going to be kind of the biggest unknown entering the season. Well, it is. And it goes right back to what we were talking about earlier, playing up in that Blaine County, Wood River Valley area. You know, how how much was that time off going to hurt them? Because 
we talk earlier about experience, you know, well, we're bringing back seven seniors, but you know, we played three games last year. Who cares? You don't have experience. You have older kids. And so that's what a lot of these schools are finding themselves in right now is, is that lack of experience, but you know, it, it will be a mystery for uh, the community school because, you know, they do have some players coming back with three games of experience. So we'll see. Yeah. And then Hanson, uh, Hanson lost a really, one of the, one of the more fun athletes to watch over the past couple of years in Jonathan Camarillo, because mm-hmm. he was a big guy with size and he did things with the ball that guys, his size aren't supposed to do in, in football and basketball. Um, and now he's gone, but he's got a, a younger Camarillo stepping in. Tom Gibson is back for Hanson. And so they could be sneaky as well. Yeah, they could. I mean, Camarillo is just one of those kids that you just don't replace. You know, he, he he meant so much to that team. He, you know, played varsity for four years, three-year varsity starter, and he just did everything. And he's a kid that, that Hanson's going to struggle replacing. You know, so it may take them a little bit to kind of find their stride, get their footing, you know, after losing a big, big player like that. Well, uh, that's our tour of the uh, Magic Valley boys basketball scene. I've got a feeling, kind of like football, there's going to be a lot of Magic Valley teams still standing on the final day uh, at State this year, yeah. that, that final Saturday of the season. I hope so. You know, there's uh, there's a lot of good players down here. And when you look at our conferences, you know, from the 1A, D2s all the way up to the 4As, you know, you could you could – point out some teams that you think, man, these, this team could make some noise at state. This team could make some noise at state, you know, and, and, and I, and I hope they do. It's, it's good for our Valley and, and, you know, good, good for the region. The other nice thing is we get a lot of those cross classification matchups, right? Three A's will play two A's, four A's will play three A's. There's not that restriction like in football where there's a clear cutoff of eight man versus 11 men. You know, the one A's can play the two A's. Uh, some one A's play three A's um, up North. Scott, did you see this up North? Lapway is going to play Coeur d'Alene in basketball, boys, basketball, one A D one against a five A. I love it. Oh, I love that. That is what we need to see that, you know, and it can only happen in basketball, you know, and, and I, I'm so excited for that game just to see, because everybody loves the underdog and the Cinderella story and, you know, and, and man, I, I did hear that and I, I can't wait. I can't wait. We need, we need a lot of that. Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of fun matchups in the magic Valley throughout the course of the year as well. We'll be here each and every week to break it all down with you. Uh, wrestling, getting into the swing of things as well. And uh, sp- speech and debate also uh, off and running. What, did I see it's the, the, the speech championships for last week? A uh, drama was or drama, drama, right, right, right. Drama. Okay. Yeah, I, I still run, help run the speech team here. We don't do our stuff until uh, end of March, beginning of April. Oh, wow. Okay, much later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we can talk all about that then. Still getting my bearings on. Uh, <laughs> in, in Montana, it's all combined in a, the speech drama debate. It's all one. It's all in the winter. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's all spread out here. <laughs> <laughs> Like most things in Idaho, it's very spread out. So. Yeah, it is. It's so different than what you're used to. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week's edition of the Magic Valley Prepcast. Uh, for Scott Burton and Scott's uh, intern. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my eight-year-old intern and my six-year-old intern have been hiding uh, behind the desk while I do the podcast. For two seconds. <laughs> they did great. They, I, I didn't hear a peep the entire way, so that was great. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to the Magic Valley PrepCast. We'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.